You're listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang, founder of Moxie Club. When you're looking for lasting weight loss, join us here for the mindset you need, a dash of inspiration, and stories that will bring it all to life. Episode number 111. Well, hey there, Amy here. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me today. I am actually solo for the first time in, I don't know how long. (laughs) I really do enjoy having guests and having a conversation. At the same time, I know that when we do these, or when I do these, where it's just me, I tend to go a lot deeper and I get a bit more into the what, the why, and the how. So the reason why I decided I really wanted to do a solo one is because I wanted to focus on sleep. If you've been listening to the past few episodes, you've heard me talking about how I'm learning more and more about sleep because I'm working on a certification. It's actually on sleep recovery and resilience. And so what I really wanted to focus on is, especially if you have trouble sleeping, this is going to be an episode that you're going to want to listen to and save, probably listen to again, all right? So as I was going through the certification program, I actually had an aha experience. So Back in October, when I was watching my nephew, I did the whole adventures in parenting for a week. And my six-year-old nephew was having a hard time falling asleep because he would have nightmares. Now, we all know with little kids, and actually as adults too, if you have a nightmare, it's perfectly understandable why you might be afraid to go to sleep for fear that you're going to have another nightmare, right? So with him, that connection between why he was having trouble falling asleep was very obvious. I I had to get him to focus on something else, right? Something because a six-year-old hopefully doesn't have to worry about things like paying the bills or relationship issues or work stress, and all the other things that adults might have. Six-year-old doesn't have that many things to really worry about, so I just needed him to shift his focus. And so we ended up watching Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. (laughs) And um, I can't remember which episode it was, but it was the one where uh, Winnie the Pooh says, instead of of Christopher Robin's um, advice that you're smarter than you think, Winnie the Pooh remembered it as you're smarter when you're pink. And so that that made my nephew giggle a lot. And he actually now has like a Tigger pillow as well. Anyway, so the aha moment that I had as I was going through the certification program was about why it is that stress makes it hard to sleep. So I've talked about this before, that what we imagine and what is really happening, our brain doesn't know the difference. So if you're worrying about something, 
It can even be like your to-do list for tomorrow. While you're worrying about something, if we're triggering that threat response, for your brain, it would be like, you know, when you think about thousands of years ago, when a group of people were getting ready to go to sleep, you need to find a safe place to go to sleep where you don't have to worry about like a saber-toothed tiger coming and attacking you, right? Or another tribe or something like that. So that threat response makes it so that we're vigilant. That's why we end up really needing to stay awake. As a matter of fact, this is another aha. This is why we have people who are early birds and then others who are night owls. And then there are some in between. Because for a group of people, having some people naturally fall asleep earlier and get up earlier with the sun, all about circadian rhythms, and other folks who like to stay up late and then get up later, it gives you that ability to have people sort of keep keep an eye out on what's going on in shifts. So we need both. And anyone who's ever thought about, you know, is it better to be an early bird? I mean, we've all heard the Benjamin Franklin expression of early bird catches the worm or something like that, right? Early to bed, early to rise helps make a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. There's this bias we have in our society toward those that can get up early, like 5 a.m. But I just want to remind you here, evolutionarily speaking, we, there's a place for early birds and there's also a place for night owls, right? Anyway, so when I'm looking at my six-year-old nephew, we all understand why a six-year-old worrying about a nightmare will have trouble falling asleep. But if you've ever wondered why it is that stress does it, now you know. <laughs> that was a really big aha for me. I thought this is really, it really just helped me understand it better and why then it's so important that we manage our stress. So you've heard me talk about the fundamental five for lasting weight loss. So just to repeat, and for those of you who are listening to this for the first time, I will tell you it's seven to nine hours of restful sleep that we want to aim for, half your body weight in ounces of water. So if you weigh 200 pounds, we're looking for 100 ounces of water, okay? Five servings, at least five servings of fruits and vegetables, and I'm always looking for like all the colors of the rainbow, and if I had my Druthers, it would be two servings of fruit to three servings of vegetables. And make sure to have like one green leafy vegetable in the mix, okay? Number four is 30 minutes of mindful movement every day. And number five is to listen to your body where you're eating until you're comfortably full. So the flip side of that would be to eat when you're hungry and then stop when you're comfortably full. If you did all five of those things, then weight loss would most likely be the inevitable outcome. Okay, and there's a similarity here actually between weight loss and sleep. Those are both outcomes. They're things that we actually cannot control. 
We only have influence over the conditions that we create. It's like if you were trying to set up a wonderful event, you can't make the event awesome. You can create the conditions for it, but you can't make it awesome. If you're having trouble sleeping, you know forcing it or chasing it makes it only that much more elusive. The same actually goes for weight loss. When people go on diets chasing that weight loss, a lot of times it's the same thing. You can lose the weight, but you can't keep it off. It becomes elusive. So we want to be really careful what we're choosing to focus our attention on. Now, the other mistake that I noticed that a lot of folks make is that, like with weight loss, with a lot of things, we tend to focus on the symptoms and tr we try to treat the symptoms instead of really identifying what the root cause is. So if, for example, you have trouble sleeping and it's because it's the stress that's getting in the way, instead of lying in bed and worrying, we really want to go and look at the source of the stress and figure out what we can do to change your stress response. So actually, for those of you who are wanting to sleep better, there was another episode that I did on how to sleep better. It's actually a while ago, probably like episode eight or something like that. So if you're looking for some specific tips and the science around sleep, that's another good episode. So when we talk about symptoms versus root causes, when I look at what's going on with weight in the U.S., if you look over the last 20, 30, 40 years, you would see that, well, actually the amount of sleep people are getting is significantly less than it used to be. There's, I, I can't say there's causation, you know, it's a correlation versus causation, but if you look at those trend lines, it's very similar. Same thing with the amount of processed food that we have, that we eat, and same thing with our, with how much sitting we're doing. So the more sedentary our lifestyle is, as opposed to active, the more that weight tends to trend upward. The less we sleep, the more we're trending upwards on the weight. The more processed food, same thing. And then, and then there's emotional eating. Now, I don't know if there are studies that have been conducted like the ones that I'm talking about for sleep or for the amount of processed food that we're consuming or the sedentary lifestyle. But if we were to look at, let's say, stress levels and correlate that with the amount of emotional eating that's taking place, where if your primary coping mechanism to deal with stress or boredom is to eat, right? All four of these things, plus there's always the, you know, the, the medical issue, which I think is actually a much smaller percentage, but it can't be discounted. If those are the causes for the weight gain, for overeating, we need to look at those 
as opposed to treating the symptom, the overeating, with diets, with calorie restriction. Make sense? So again, if we focus on the causes and dealing with those as opposed to treating the symptoms, now the steps that we take, the action steps, the plan that we take is going to be far more likely to create the outcomes that we're looking for or to lead to the outcomes that we're looking for. So the other thing that I've learned when it comes to sleep, you've heard me talk about how it's important for weight loss because of the effects it has on things like ghrelin and leptin. Right, so ghrelin is your hunger hormone. Leptin is the one that tells you you're sated. And when we don't get enough sleep, our ghrelin or that hunger hormone level goes up, whereas the leptin levels go down. So we're hungrier and we're satisfied later, okay? Or perhaps not at all. This is one of the reasons why lack of sleep can actually trigger us to have more cravings even, okay? So when we then seek things like caffeine, whether it's coffee or Diet Coke or regular Coke in the afternoon, whatever that is, or, or you know, really sugary substances, things that have a lot of calories, for that sugar rush, for the bump in energy, especially when we talk about like caffeinated drinks, what do those do? Those actually also trigger a release of cortisol. So cortisol, if you were to go into the science, is actually, again, going to make it so that it's harder to sleep later. Okay. So when I talk about things like our sphere of control, the actions that you can take, you can actually choose to eat five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. You can set yourself up to drink half your body weight in ounces of water. Eating until you're comfortably full may take actually more work to understand what does comfortably full look like for me, feel like for me. And you've heard me talk about the hunger scale, where we're trying to get to the somewhere between the plus two and plus four. And a lot of times that plus two versus plus four will inform you as to whether you're looking to eat five or six smaller meals a day or three square meals and a couple snacks or literally just three meals a day, two or three meals a day. And ultimately, I'm going to say this, and you've heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it again, every body is different. So what works for you and your life and how you feel may be different from someone else's, your brother, your sister, your spouse, your friends. So if you're trying to look for like that one-size-fits-all tip, I don't have it for you, okay? But I would suggest that you experiment, figure out what works best for you. So at this point, hopefully you're clear on what it is that you want to aim for. Seven to nine hours of sleep. We're looking for quality sleep. And the what to do is all 
focused on creating the conditions for that to happen. So if we're looking for seven to nine hours of sleep, and let's say you have to get up for work at 6 or 7 a.m., going to bed at 1 a.m. isn't going to provide for that seven to nine hours, right? You have to at least get into bed by like 11 p.m. So this is all about the what. Now I'm going to actually spend some time talking about why. And some of it's really obvious. So we talked about the, the hunger hormones and satiety hormones as, as far as weight loss goes. But really, if we take a few steps back, actually, let's, let's look at it from like the 10,000-foot level. If you were to look at why sleep is important, you would really actually want to look at it from, well, there's actually quite a few categories. So in addition to talking about weight, Okay. Actually, I would like to focus more on like how we're showing up and how we feel, right? How can we be our best self? So sleep plays a really key role in nearly every one of our body's functions, which means then that sleep deprivation actually impairs all of them. So when we look at sleep deprivation, especially if it's chronic. Everyone has that occasional, you know, sleepless night or you pull an all-nighter, okay? I'm talking about chronic sleep deprivation. In addition to weight, we're talking about things like your mood. We're talking about your immune system. We're talking about how you're functioning physically. So, well, your workouts Will you be able to bring it for your workouts or will they feel too hard? And then, of course, we're looking at your mind and your ability to concentrate and to focus and to exercise good judgment, make good decisions. So what we experience and learn during the day actually gets cemented into our memory while we sleep. So when we interfere with these processes, what happens? We end up being less alert and less able to concentrate. Right? There's impaired judgment and there's forgetfulness. I still remember when my mom was pregnant with my little brother and she wasn't sleeping well in those last few months, especially because it was warm. He's born in July. So in June and July, tended to be warmer, and she wasn't sleeping as well. And we would play that concentration game with um, playing cards where you lay out all the cards face down, and then you try to find the matches. And she, I remember her saying very clearly how, because she hadn't slept well the night before, she couldn't actually remember the matches, and I would be able to remember them. Okay, So if you're not sleeping well, and you're getting sick a lot, understand that when we don't sleep enough, we are actually uh, increasing the inflammation levels and we're decreasing the level of T cells in our bodies go down as inflammation goes up. Which means then that we're at increased risk 
to getting sick from viruses and bacteria, and we have an increased risk of heart disease and other inflammation-related illnesses. So if you aren't getting enough sleep, you might feel like your workouts are actually too hard. So again, our body uses sleep as an opportunity to remove a lot of energy-draining metabolites. So these are like lactate, things that are produced as a result of a good workout, right? one with some intensity. So we have slower reaction times. Right? Our body isn't able to recover and build muscle as well. You might find that you're moodier, you have less desire to exercise. And then let's talk about mood, right? When we don't get enough sleep, what happens? A lot of the neurotransmitter transmitters and hormones that are produced when we get good sleep, that regulation gets thrown off, which means our stress level is higher, we're moodier, and we actually can even put ourselves at higher risk of getting depressed. So when I talk about getting enough good sleep, this is really why it matters. We want to be able to show up as our best self. The only way to do that is actually to get enough sleep. As a matter of fact, there was, a, there was an ad the other day that I saw. I don't know who the ad was for. It might have been for a mattress. But it actually, it was a great ad copy. It said, every great day starts the night before. So now, if we look at the different sleep issues, I think they fall into four categories. One is trouble falling asleep. The next is staying asleep. The third one would be falling back to sleep. And the fourth one is just when there doesn't seem to be enough hours in the day to actually get the sleep. So if you want specific tips on these different sleep issues, I encourage you to actually follow me on Instagram because I'm actually posting a lot of tips there. So my Instagram handle is Habit Whisperer, okay? And for example, in my latest post, I actually talk about if you're having trouble falling asleep to create a pre-sleep ritual. And the tips I included are dimming the lights, making the room as dark as possible. So this is all about like our circadian rhythms, right? Lowering the room temperature, taking a hot shower or bath, listening to calming music, turning off all the different screens, TV as well as the computer and your phone, Right. doing a brain dump, so especially if you start creating that to-do list for the next day, it helps to let go. Doing some stretches, deep breathing, muscle scan and relaxation exercises, and then even cuddling with a loved one or a pet, which is obviously also a loved one. <laughs> All right? So again, if you're looking for more tips I encourage you to follow me on Instagram at Habit Whisper. And then if you're looking for some help, some coaching on how to apply these. So 
again, I can tell you what to do. I can tell you why to do it. I can even give you tips on how to do it. But all of this is for naught if we're not actually applying. And I know I just gave you a whole bunch of different tips. So one of the things might be, well, which one do I want to focus on? And this is where I can help you figure out which one to focus on and how to approach it. Okay, so if you're interested in some coaching here, and then I know for a lot of my clients, while things like getting enough water and getting enough fruits and vegetables and even movement, there's lots and lots of options available. But I noticed that sleep and stress management were really elusive. This is one of the reasons why I decided to really dig deeper into the whole sleep and stress management thing. And so I am actually looking at creating a training and coaching specifically on sleep and stress management. So this is something that you're interested in. Definitely reach out to me. Let me know if you would like to be part of that group or get more information on it. All right. So I'm probably going to be putting this out sometime in the next two or three weeks. And actually, when it comes to sleep, in addition to the sleep routine, there are definitely things we can also do around movement, around nutrition, around your environment, like I talked about that whole lowering the room temperature, and around mindset stuff. So to wrap things up, I'll leave you with the following quote by John Steinbeck. It is a common experience that a problem difficult at night is resolved in the morning after the Committee of Sleep has worked on it. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com and sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens. <laughs>